You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's Anthony Cazenza once again coming at you from CincyJungle.com. I also am the host of the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, but coming at you, giving some updates on the what the happenings of the Cincinnati Bengals in the first week of free agency. We we brought you some news at the first day of free agency, the first, I guess, legal tampering day, whatever you want to call it. The first day of free agency, we brought you some news. The team has brought in uh they re-signed a number of players they tendered a number of their own players that were restricted free agents and now at the end of the week to conclude the first week of free agency the Bengals have brought in a couple of other outside free agents their first outside free agent signings in the zach taylor era and of the of the offseason um in, in case you haven't heard before we get to the new guys um cincinnati re-signed bobby hart to a pretty lucrative deal they re-signed, um, they re-signed C.J. Ozama for another. Both those guys signed three-year deals. Um, and then they re-signed Preston Brown also to a three-year deal. Um, some, of, some of those uh, could be viewed as overpaying for some of the players, some of those players, but they are valuable players. They all figure to step into starting roles. We'll see if they can improve both health-wise and um, – just performance-wise in 2019, those three guys. Uh, Uzama did take a couple of nice steps up um, in, in last year in, a, in an increased role. I'll be trying to take some questions and comments here as we go on, but as the week unfolded, it got a little more heated up. The Bengals showed some interest in some players, and uh, they brought in three players for visits, but only signed one of those players that they actually met with um, in uh, – in the the guard from Buffalo, um, and uh, that's John Miller, who also signed a three-year deal. Now, I, I we'll, we'll talk about the three-year deal in just a second, but John Miller is a guard. He, he had a very good – he's coming off of his rookie contract. He had a very good rookie season and second season with the Buffalo Bills, struggled in his third season, um, and kind of struggled to, to find a starting role on that offensive line towards the, the end of his time there. So um, the Bengals did sign him for what seems to be about a $5 million per year average type of contract. So that's starter money. Um, so a lot of people think that, um, you know, including myself, a lot of people thought that, hey, even though Alex Redmond hasn't signed his tender and it's probably not going to be, you know, a, a major chunk of money, a lot of people thought, like I said, including myself, that 
Alex Redmond was going to be the starting right guard. Well, it appears that John Miller is going to be the starting right guard, uh, at least by pay. It seems like that. Now, um, that's I, I don't want to say it's an outstanding free agency signing because really he's not a player that, um, you know, you, you thought that it was at the top of your mind, I guess. Um, in terms of free agency, big splash signings, guys that you wanted to bring in right away that you thought could immediately improve the team. But it is, in my opinion, it is an improvement. And uh, really, it's the first improvement they've made in free agency to this point. Um, The others are, you know, keeping status quo. One could argue that Bobby Hart is still young and could get better. So maybe there's an improvement there, especially if there's a better player at right guard. Maybe he plays better. I don't know. Um, for now I'm saying that's, and being generous by saying that's treading water at that position, same with middle linebacker at Preston Brown, basically, you know, the same as what you had in 2018, but Miller figures to be a guy that is an improvement, um, at the right guard spot. Um, some people did want to see Christian Westerman get a shot. Um, he got a shot late last year and a little bit late in 2017 and played well, but uh, there's something there that just does not uh, seem to endear himself to uh, the coaching staffs, whether it's this new one or the Marvin Lewis regime. There have been talks and rumors that it's because there are some film issues, some grasping of playbook issues. Um, we, there's nothing substantial to really grasp on that at this point. That's kind of the best rumor that we have to go on right now uh, in terms of why Westerman isn't really getting his shot. Um, he's got one more year with the Bengals and then he will be a free agent. So it's interesting. To, it's, it'll be interesting to see what his uh, future holds. But for now, John Miller appears to be uh, a young guard, a guy that they think um, can, can come in. Like I said, former, former third round pick of the bills uh, has had some spots where he has played very well and some times where he got supplanted and and did not start games for the Buffalo Bills. So kind of an intriguing signing. And um, But it seems to be one, when he has played, he has played pretty well. So it seems to be one that should be an improvement at the right guard spot going forward. And uh, you got to kind of like that the Bengals uh, at least addressed um, that position right now. Um, the second signing, uh, I guess, it, well, technically it was the first signing, um, is B.W. Webb, a cornerback uh, from New York, obvious ties to Lou Anarumo, uh, the defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals. So th- they obviously like what, what his skill set brings to the defense, what he can do. Um, I, you know, there are some folks that look at completion percentage allowed by Webb last year, and it was better than Denard. There are some people that look at Darquez Denard and just his overall skill set, his fit in the slot, the fact that he is flanked by two other first-round picks, and uh, Denard seems to be the overall better corner, but maybe Webb will play at a higher level given the system, his comfortability in the system. I don't know. Um, obviously, to me, this screams of a money move. Um, you know, Cincinnati's got a lot of, lot of money tied up. I believe it's about an 8 to $10 million cap hit for Dre Kirkpatrick. They're going to need to, and probably want to re-sign William Jackson uh, down the road here. He is now, believe it or not, in his fourth season 
Um, and, you know, he's got that fifth-year option that the club could exercise. But, um, you know, they may look at extending him if, if, if they so choose. So they're going to have a lot of money tied up in that position group. And then, you know, if you got Darquez Denard potentially demanding 8 to $10 million a year himself, uh, you know, it, it just doesn't – I don't know if that makes a ton of sense. But B.W. Webb seems to be uh, a guy that is much more affordable. Um, and, you know, when, when the team signed him, um, I, I kind of said, you know, what – if, if it's a move about finances and it's a lateral or maybe slightly lesser move than Denard, which it seems that it's going to be, at best it's a lateral move. Um, if not, then it's going to be a, a lesser move. Um, but, you know, you're looking at it and it's basically $4 million and change per year. Um, so, I mean, you're getting probably about, you're getting web for, about half the money or less than what Darquez Denard is probably going to be demanding. So, um, but my question is, you know, how are you going to spend that money? If you're going to save it, how are you going to spend the money and make the team better? Right. Not just, you know, my responses I got back on Twitter to that kind of rhetorical question to the Bengals, the responses I got back were, well, they're going to extend Boyd, uh, maybe extend AJ green, um, you know, William Jackson, maybe extend him. Sure. Okay, great. But again, you're treading water. You're not really making yourself better. Now they did throw some money that they probably could have used towards Denard for this Miller contract at right guard. So that seems like a a marginal improvement, at least there. Um, So you got to be happy about that. But the Bengals let Shaquille Barrett, a, a talented rotational pass rusher, they let him leave the building without a contract. He went and inexplicably signed a one-year $5 million deal with the Buccaneers. So, you know, you have to wonder what, what happened there. Uh, were the Bengals lowballing him in terms of money? Was it just not a good fit? Did he want to start and was not going to be starting with the Bengals? Um, I don't know. The other, I'm going to get to some questions and comments that you guys have left here in just a second. So please keep leaving those. But Uh, The other thing that I think deserves some attention is the the idea that all of these guys, pretty much Webb, Miller, the three uh, Bengal guys that they, their three inside free agents that they hung on to, um, there's there's an idea that, you know, why do they keep getting three-year deals? Well, the reasoning, and one reason I think up for that is because the collective bargaining agreement as it currently stands is set to expire in 2021. So there's a lot, if they are, they probably wanted long-term deals with some of these guys, but they don't know exactly what's going to happen past 2021. So three years, 1920 and 2021, um, they don't know exactly what's going to happen in terms of contract structure, how veterans are going to be paid. So, if you're looking for some of these guys to either get longer deals or just why is it always the three-year deal, it's probably to keep everything within the the structure and the confines of the current CBA contract. So, um, you know, that could change. It could be amended. It, you know, there could be a lockout in 2021, uh, kind of like there was back in 2011. So um, if you can believe that, it's already been, gosh, eight years since that <laughs> since that deal has been been done, seems like not too long ago. But 
the point remains, that's kind of why or a reason why the Bengals are probably structuring a lot of these deals in the three-year mold is that is kind of where the league is at in terms of the collective bargaining agreement. Um, again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com. Check out all of the news, updates, opinions, analysis, all of that good stuff at CincyJungle.com and all of the breaking news with uh, regarding free agency and uh, the NFL. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Draft, there are some visits the Bengals are making. One of the the interesting ones that – some of the interesting ones that they've been making recently, they went to the Oklahoma uh, Pro Day. Obviously, Kyler Murray and Cody Ford are two interesting names that uh, the Bengals are inevitably watching there. The Bengals were also uh, – they attended the Michigan Pro Day. We figured that proximity-wise, and, uh, you know, obviously they have a, a real strong pulse on Ohio State, thus a strong pulse on Michigan. So – they went to that pro day and they are also of one of their 30 player private visits that they have. They are uh, hosting Rashawn Gary as one of their guys. Um, so uh, as one of those 30 guys, so uh, he's projected to be a top five, top 10 pick and probably off the board by the time the Bengals pick, but we've seen crazier things happen, especially with the mixed opinions on this year's quarterbacks. Uh, the Bengals, uh, are also, you know, making other rounds at pro days as those are, are ramping up. But the the two main ones of late are Michigan and Oklahoma. It seems that the Bengals have a very vested interest in in what's going on in both of those schools. Um, I see a I see a couple of questions here. One from James Evans. Do you think they've done enough? Enough? Uh, I assume that means in free agency. And my answer to that would be absolutely not. Uh, I think the Bengals still need help in a number of areas. Uh, I don't know exactly what they think they have left to spend. I can tell you that they started with about $42 million, uh, you know, and that's without a restructure of Drake Kirkpatrick. That is without letting loose of about 4 or $5 million worth of space of Vontez Perfect should they choose to move on from him. Uh, and now, you know, you look at, I guess Bobby Hart's deal for the first year is about seven plus million. Um, you look at Webb, you're you're probably looking at about four million there. I mean, the list kind of goes on and on. You're probably at or are just over about half of that money already being gone, maybe even a little bit more than that. Um, so now, and you know the Bengals, they talk about the in-season rookie pool. They talk about an in or the in-season 
windfall for injuries, and they talk about the rookie pool, which no other team really talks about that when they engage in free agency. But here we are with the Cincinnati Bengals. That's what they do. That's what they talk about. I would say that now we're going to start seeing, if any, some rental deals. What Preston Brown signed last year when joining the Bengals. What guys like Andre Smith have signed with the Bengals before and and kind of these prove-it deals. I think that from what I know, they're still talking with Tyler Eifert, so that may be one of those prove-it deals that they look to sign. Um, I think there are probably a couple of linebackers floating out there that uh, could could be out there. We, we know that Darren Lee is also uh, reportedly being shopped for a trade, so maybe that's a guy they look at. Zach Brown is a guy that, that could be out there at, at a linebacker spot who's a pretty productive athletic kid, has a little bit of a stigma for attitude and other issues, but um, you know, productive guy when he's playing and out there. So at linebacker, they can make some moves. I don't think any more offensive line moves are going to be made. They seem to be pretty set now that they signed Miller and re-signed Hart, whatever your opinions are on that. Um, they seem to have found a cornerback uh, for the slot. Uh, I I would have probably preferred they, they stuck with Denard, but they probably decided that getting Webb and Miller – Instead, for the price of Denard, it's just uh, just a better value. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind uh, pass rushing help to to aid the defense, but um, I do not think they've done enough. But I, I am more heavily critical of the Bengals in free agency than most. Um, I just feel like they, for a team that hasn't won a playoff game in, in you know since 90, 1990, I don't I, I don't know why you keep doing the same thing and expect. Uh, expect that it's going to work when it really hasn't. So um, to me, I don't know. Uh, Jerry Owens pool not happening. Yeah. Brian pool was a, uh, another cornerback that the Bengals hosted um, likely for the slot cornerback spot. Again, probably a guy who wanted a lot of money and was not an Anarumo guy like Webb is. So they said, Hey, let's get a guy who knows the system. Well played with Anarumo in New York um, had a decent year and uh, let's plug him into the slot, get him for a value deal, and maybe make a move for another player or two. So uh, I, I think Poole is off the table. I think Denard is off the table, um, unless Taylor and his crew just does not really like the defensive backs that were drafted late, late in the draft last year, um, and they want to move on from them. We'll see. Uh, Patrick Hudes is Danny Shelton. Yeah, it could be an option. Uh, definitely could open the – Interior defensive line, there's talk that the Bengals may look at that position. Geno Atkins is getting up there. Andrew Billings has kind of had an up-and-down career. Ryan Glasgow showed a lot in the beginning of last year but got hurt. Um, they need interior push. You know, Geno Atkins still had 10 sacks last year, but you saw times where you needed more You needed more either from him or he needed a breather, and they needed more rotation up front, more pressure up front. So I think, you know, that's why you see guys like Jeff Hobson mocking Christian Wilkins, the Clemson defensive lineman, to the Bengals in his two mock drafts. So um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Bengals get some, some pass rush help. Danny Shelton could help. They also, you know, they need those big bodies to help out in the run. They need guys who can tackle. They were atrocious against the run last year. Their defense in general was awful. So uh, I think they need a lot of help on defense. And they, you know, I think they've slowly chipped away at some needs in the first week of free agency in terms of opening the draft a little bit. But, you know, 
what our opinions are of certain players and their opinions are seem to be different. So, um, you know, they think they have right tackle solidified. They now think they have right guard solidified. I think it's, I think that's a little more of a sure thing than right tackle. They think they have their slot corner problem fixed. Um, we'll see about that. And uh, they think they have their middle linebacker of, of the future in Preston Brown. Um, I think he's a decent player. I think his ceiling is solid. I don't think there's anything beyond that. And I think he is a one or two down player at best in this defense, but we'll see. Um, Jasper Frost, we need to sign, we need to re-sign AJ and Boyd. Yeah. You know, I, I mentioned this on one of our, uh, Orange and Black Insider podcast, you know, actually this has kind of been a topic over the past few shows that we've done. I think that wide receiver is kind of a sneaky need for the Bengals. You got John Ross, who there's been trade rumors. Yeah, they've been debunked by the staff, but there's been trade rumors, and he's been a little bit of a disappointment in his first two seasons. You have Tyler Boyd set to be a free agent next year, A.J. Green the same, and then behind those three guys, you got a lot of question marks. So... And, and now there's even a couple of not real well-founded ones, but some rumors about the Bengals maybe shopping A.J. Green or calls being made to the Bengals about A.J. Green. Um, I, I don't really take much stock in that, but I think that if you don't, if you at least lock up one of them, you still may need to look at a receiver pretty high uh, in the draft or maybe as a free agent pickup because, uh, you know, there's not, there's not a lot – I mean – it's a very top-heavy group, and those top-heavy, the guys who are top-heavy, aren't really slated to be here next year. So, you got to figure that out. And um, you know, hope I, I think the Bengals are kind of trying to stockpile money to re-sign some of these guys, and that's maybe why they had, you know, one of their reasons why they didn't go after a top-tier free agent. Uh, Ryan Tom says, "Go get Eric Berry." I don't really see the need there personally. I mean, I good player and all of that, but the Bengals basically have. Jesse Bates, who had a, a pretty pretty dang good rookie year, and Sean Williams, who I thought was one of the best players on the Bengals' defense last year at, at safety. Um, I think they need more rangy linebackers. Maybe if Eric Berry is – if they want to use and deploy more three safety, kind of a safety linebacker hybrid set, um, you know, maybe that's something they look at. I believe Mark Barron is still available. He has Rams ties, so uh, maybe that's someone they look at as, as a – you know, linebacker safety hybrid type of player. Um, we're going to get out of here in just a, a few minutes. Um, <laughs> Chris Kearns, maybe Brandon LaFell is available. No, I don't think so. Uh, Mark Jewett, AJ McCarron in play, seeing a lot of this lately. No rumblings from the Bengals as of yet, but there's two completely polar opposite uh, thoughts to this, right? I mean, there's one that says, oh, it totally makes sense. You know, he's the perfect backup to Andy Dalton. He can win you games with, you know, some surrounding talent. He's proven that. And, you know, he knows some of the system. He's probably comfortable with the city of Cincinnati. There's the Brian Callahan connection now. Um, it makes a lot of sense. The Bengals didn't really see a lot out of Jeff Driscoll last year. There's another, you know, kind of feather in the cap there. But I think the other side is, you know – Maybe it's time to look for a quarterback of the future, maybe, you know, a true franchise guy. And we don't know what the Bengals' plans are in April. And, and when you see that they feel that they've signed in, in their re-signing of, of three players in Uzama, Hart, 
um, and uh, Preston Brown, when you see that they feel they've solidified three, again, I, I emphasize they feel that they've solidified three starting positions with those signings. You, you then wonder, uh, you know, is right tackle in the mix or is offensive tackle in the mix in general uh, at number 11? Is linebacker in the mix at number 11 now? Um, you know, we're, we're, you know, cornerback, probably not with Webb being signed now. Um, guard, they just signed a right guard in free agency, likely to start. So now all of a sudden number 11 is, is pretty open. Um, and I think that quarterback could be talked about there. And I, you know, that if that's the case, A.J. McCarron is not the guy. I think A.J. McCarron, um, I think his market will be slow and may, he might be a guy that teams look to bring in after free agents or after the draft, excuse me. Um, maybe they see how the draft plays out. They see how the rest of free agency plays out. And then they say, Hey, we need camp bodies. We need guys in here. And AJ McCarron signed somewhere. Maybe that is Cincinnati. If Cincinnati does not get the quarterback they desire or get a developmental backup that they want to keep long-term uh, in this year's draft. Uh, I, I think he's definitely you know, in there, he's, they're thinking about him, but um, I think they're probably keeping it at an arm's length right now. So we'll see. Also, just on that front, and we'll get out of here with this. There was some talk um, earlier this offseason that potentially Ryan Tannehill would be coming to Cincinnati uh, and joining Zach Taylor. Those two, you know, were, were together in, in Miami, I believe it was in 2014. That is not happening. Ryan Tannehill has been traded to the Titans. Um, and uh, so, you know, there's that's just not in the cards there. Blaine Gabbert has been released from the Titans after, in the wake of that move. So uh, interesting to see what's going on in Tennessee at their quarterback position. But um, there is no Tannehill to Cincinnati. Uh, there's nothing going on there. So uh, for those who do not want that. You can sleep tight about that. Keep it to CincyJungle.com with all the news, opinions, analysis, and, and breaking stuff on the draft, on the, on the uh, free agency front, all that. Uh, keep it there. And check out our podcast, the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Uh, we record usually Wednesday nights, but it's, uh, you know, it varies a little bit. And some of this stuff is on the thread in terms of our audio feed and all that kind of stuff. So check it out. We appreciate the support, and we'll keep you in in the loop on everything happening with the Bengals. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks for your questions, your comments, and uh, have a good weekend and be safe for St. Patty's day. Be safe for St. Patty's day, please. Thanks. Who day?